And um, when people do the, the personal platform thing well, I mean, the opportunities are, are endless. It's really relationship building at scale. And it's exciting to see people's eyes kind of like light up when we get them on the right path and then check in with them later and they've had all these amazing outcomes. It's just, it's fantastic. Hi everyone, I'm Peter Barron. And I'm Brendan Schneider. Yeah, and welcome to the Leadership Backstory. So Brendan, like we're gonna take a little bit of a different path on this podcast today. I'm super excited. We have Erica Schneider on the pod and she is the co-founder of Power Your Platform. Uh, Brendan, I, I, I've been following Erica now for a little bit on Twitter, and I, she's been talking about this idea that the personal brand is dead and that you should really kind of lead with genuine, your genuine self, and that's okay, and that, that's, that can be mixed with your professional life, and we're going to get way more into it, but the thought for us today is like folks who are listening to this pod are really interested in growing their careers, and being genuine and creating like an online persona that actually matches who you are versus who you think you should be is 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 important. And so with that, Erica, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Good to be here. And so talk about talk about how this whole idea of powering your platform came about because I, I just love how it's rooted in like genuineness. Yeah. I mean, to be completely honest, uh I've always hated the phrase personal brand. Um, and I've been building quote unquote a personal brand for two years now. My business partners, Casey Judge, has been doing it for I think six or seven years. She's like an OG personal brander. Um, and every single time that I used the word, I felt kind of icky and gross because I'm I'm a content marketer by trade as well. And we build business brands. And and when you're building a business brand, you're you're literally cultivating a story to try to make a thing personal but when you play it to yourself it's like I'm not a thing I'm a person right like I'm not trying to productize myself yes I need to think like a marketer reach my audience help people solve problems and ultimately bring them on some sort of a journey to hopefully buy something from me but that's only part of it and and brands they really can't take this next step of like relationship building outside of ending in a transaction so it's not like you're going to become best friends with a business but you could make and i've made tons of actual friends by posting online that are never going to buy from me i'm never going to buy from them but we're making each other better business leaders and i'm learning from them and we're learning from each other and that has absolutely nothing to do with branding each other and and bringing each other into our funnels we're just we're just friends and so why it, it would just doesn't make any sense to think of oh i you know we're, we're all building our personal brands and like you know we're gonna now be friends it just it doesn't make any sense so the idea of a platform in my mind and casey and i took a while to find this word because it's it's kind of hard to to find the right word but a platform it's more flexible you know it's like the hub and You've got all these spokes of ways that you can connect with people on social platforms or outside of social platforms um, and just felt more holistic. Mm. How, so what did it look like as you started building it? Like, how did you get from Ugh, personal brand feels icky to like, there's something better out there for people? It was a slow journey. Um, a lot of WhatsApp messages traded back and forth. Um, but I mean... It was it was a lot of internal reflection and also listening to our you know audience and friends 
that we talk to online and in real life. Um, I devoured a bunch of personal brand podcasts when I first started. And I, I would always hear people be like, you know, I'm building a personal brand. I don't really like the term, but I don't have a better term for it. And that came up all the Wait. time. So I started to pay attention. Like, actually, I think most people hate this term, um, but nobody knows how to how to rebrand the brand. Um, and it doesn't seem like anyone's tried. So I guess it just it started like that. I mean, Casey and I had a bunch of conversations about it. And finally, we picked platforming and kind of just went went with it. So your platform is rooted in you, the person. Um, the best part about a platform versus a brand is that when you show up as you authentically online, it gives yourself a chance to be flexible. So when you quote unquote brand yourself, you become known as like the X person, right? The blank person, um, Erica, the editing person, you know, Casey, the growth strategist. Um, and you're kind of, it, it's fine to be known like that, but when you're building a brand, it's sort of all you're known as. Then imagine you change careers or you decide that you're going to go all in on a side hustle that no one really publicly knew that you were doing. And so you start to talk about that publicly. And the people that know you as like the X thing are super confused. They're like, wait a second, aren't you the editor? And now you're talking about building a personal platform. Like how the hell do those two things mix? So when you show up as yourself and you lead with us at authenticity, you weave personality and personal stories into not just your posts, but your comments, your DMs. When you change, you can quote unquote rebrand super easily because it's you. You're a person and people evolve. Like nobody expects you to stay the same forever. In fact, that's a kind of a red flag. When brands have to re rebrand, it's a whole mm -hmm. thing. You have to like announce it and like do a slow roll and then people get all confused like oh i really liked your old logo like why are you doing this and then sometimes you have to go back because people freak out um and i've seen this happen multiple times there's a really big guy on twitter i'm forgetting his name at the moment uh i can't remember his name right now uh blake burge um he he's known as like he was known i think he might still be but the excel guy like he was doing monster threads on all of these Excel tips. And then Justin Welsh sends out a newsletter and was like, you know, Blake Burge came to me because he couldn't monetize. Nobody wanted to buy anything from him because he was just like this Excel guy giving out tips. And also he had way more to offer than just Excel tips, but he had pigeonholed himself into this Excel tips guy. Um, and so he pivoted, but it was hard. It took him a while. Um, and finally, I don't know all the details, but I know that he started to talk about a couple other things. And now he's he's actually able to get people kind of to know him as the person behind this Excel guy. Um, and he's having a much better time. Like, I'm curious, like, what are the barriers to this? Like, I just think about it's really easy to um, kind of wrap yourself around a discipline like a product or you know something that is a little bit detached from your personal life but then to open the door and actually show some of the stuff that's happening in your world that can be scary like how do you how do you help people kind of rationalize that it's okay to be themselves versus you know what the ideal is which is like the excel guy or something like that like that i think is what people point to but what you're you're saying is actually that's not the right strategy 
Yeah. I mean, so that the Excel guy thing feels good at first, but eventually you start to kind of feel like a caricature of yourself and it becomes this thing that you have to do rather than something that you want to do because you're not authentically yourself there. So again, like if you feel a little bit different, you don't want to post about that that day, you sort of have to. And it becomes this this job that you have to maintain as opposed to this place where you go to have fun and prioritize relationship buildings that ideally lead to business. Um, so, but the, but the boundary thing is tricky. I personally, like, I don't use social media as my personal diary. I would never recommend that. Some people take that a little bit too far. Um, <laughs> like, um, you know, I don't need to know, like, the 10 things that you ate for breakfast. But a lot of people do that. Like, good for them. Um, that's their boundary. I personally don't feel like I need to know that. So I don't really follow those people. And I don't share that stuff. Um, I don't share my wife's name. I don't share my kids' names. I don't really tell people, like, where I live. Um when I talk about my kids, I share a picture of my dog instead. And I'm like, you can't see them, but here's my dog. <laughs> um, like, so you have to figure out what boundaries feel right for you. But it's the same in life. I mean, not everyone that you meet, you're an open book with right away anyway. Um, so it takes time and you have to kind of feel that out. Also, when you're talking about yourself, it's still important. Like we're all still in this place networking, making these relationships. So when you're doing your big posts, they can't be like I focused. They still have to be you focused. They still have to be helping your audience do something. Um, the best way to talk about yourself is to weave personal stories and anecdotes into your narratives while still making it about helping your audience solve a problem or do something um, instead of just being like, today I did this and like it was hard. Yeah. That's, that's really resonates with me because I'm about to launch some stuff and I'm really trying to think about it from the you perspective versus the I perspective. It is so easy to forget that you're actually talking to somebody on the other side and that like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, I just think about the people that I've really come to appreciate online who, you know, I, I, I pay attention to and it's always about, you know, they weave some of the, their personal stuff in there, but they're also just hyper-focused on your success. Um, and that's just a really <laughs> powerful way to approach anything in life, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I also recommend when you're first starting, so say you have no no personal platform, you've never been posting. Um, you definitely want to lead with how you help, uh, who you serve, um, and then kind of save the personal stories, metaphors, anecdotes until you've given people the right context. So. The way that I see it is like you have to put your name tag on and fill it in yeah. before you just like have a deep conversation with someone. Um, so I think a lot of people misinterpret and skip that part too. Like, don't just sign on to LinkedIn and be like, hello world. You know, like I went for a run today and it was great. <laughs> like Nobody cares. But if you have 50,000 followers and you've been helping people for a year solve some really important problems and you're putting out valuable content and you've been interweaving stories, then if you say like, hey, everyone, I went for a run today and it was really hard, you've formed relationships with these people. So like while they don't necessarily care, they're going to still probably comment and be like, good for you, you know, because they know you. Um, so again, like if you see someone that's been doing this for a while, sharing these personal stories that are getting engagement, go back to what they were sharing when they first started, because I bet that they weren't doing that and it wasn't working yeah, for them. You kind of have to find your voice, right? <clears throat> Eric, I'm wondering, and I'm not sure this is a fully baked question yet, but a lot of people that we've had okay. on uh, as guests have led in the traditional sense. So they've been in an office or been in um, 
in proximity with those people. But but I'd love to hear more how you think about leadership through your platform, particularly on social, when you're not around these people, or you might actually not physically know these people. And and what do you think about that? Because it, it, for me, it seems like that'd be pretty hard. So are you saying leadership in the context of like employees or like leading thoughts? Uh, probably both, but more thoughts, more thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So the way that I like to do that is I am very confident in what I'm teaching people. Um, so if you're someone that's a leader starting on social, you probably have a wealth of experience and knowledge that you can tap into. And so um, you want to make sure that you are starting with what I like to call obvious content. Um, so stuff that is so just like naturally intuitive to you that you don't even really ever say it out loud. Like when I'm editing a draft, I don't have to think like, okay, you know, like, is this sentence redundant? You know, should this paragraph move? I, I just, I'm just in there and then I'm out of there and it's done. Um, but a lot of your audience, um, again, like your audience is going to be different segments. So they're going to be all over the awareness no. levels, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Yeah. So a lot of your audience, and especially this is important for context setting, you need to speak to the unaware and the symptom aware people with obvious content. So they don't know what they don't know. Um, and they might be struggling with something as well that uh, they can't quite put their finger on. Like, what what is this symptom? Like, what's the root cause yeah. of this? And so I I always speak to myself when I was just starting and I tell myself what I would have wanted to hear. Um, and that yeah. is a really good way to build credibility because you're showing like, hey, I've had this transformation. I've, I've learned all of this knowledge. I'm definitely not the person that is new and doesn't know this. Um, and this is for all of you who aren't sure. And then you're going to want to disperse after you set a bit of context, like the kind of more bottom of funnel content, you know, the, the smarter stuff, the stuff that um, really dives deep into how you solve the specific problem, for example, or how you think about something in a way that, you know, no one else thinks about it, or, or how you pulled on your experiences to overcome obstacles. Uh, so again, though, it's it's usually about setting that credibility up because all thought leaders are doing is positioning themselves as experts. And if you're a leader, you're probably an expert. So yeah, Brendan, I'm curious because yeah. I mean, we've been talking about this. I kept thinking about you like you had two jobs for a long, what, 10 years, 11 yeah. years. Yeah, I a mean, long time. Erica, Brendan was in a school for a long time, but in parallel to that, he had built his company Schneider B Media kind of as a, as a side hustle. And then about a year ago, you went all in and I'm, yeah, I don't know, like, how does this resonate with you, Brendan, especially around like leading with your own self versus, you know, here's a tip, you know, here are five tips to, you know, build a content marketing campaign or something like that. To, yeah. To degree when Erica, when you were talking about the platform and, and being known for one thing and then having another yeah. thing and then people, I was like, are you talking about me? Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I totally get it. And that's why when you were saying that, I'm thinking, I, I hope people that are listening will learn more about you and what you're teaching because to have the platform would have been much easier for me. I mean, it, I, I, I felt like I needed to keep both lives a little private for, for uh -huh. other reasons. 
And although I was kind of talking about the same stuff, I, I was like, this is, this is crazy. And then back to the, like trying to be a thought leader. Um, I, I think I asked my question earlier just for selfish interest, but like it, it's, um, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. And then, and then yeah. sometimes, I don't know if you deal with this, but like sometimes I have, um, like imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know if you talk about that or like when you were saying when you copy edit something and you just know, like there's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. I just know. And then sometimes I think like, why would people follow me? Why would they listen to me? So that is the most common piece of like, cons- like feedback and concern we get from yeah. people that Casey and I get from people. Whenever we send out surveys, like what's your biggest struggle? It's why the hell would anyone care about anything that I have to say? Number yes. one. Yes. Um, right. <laughs> number two, number two is usually for, for leaders and, and entrepreneurs is time. Yeah. Like how the hell do I find no. the time to actually yeah. post? Um, but number one is fear and mindset. Um, and Casey puts it this way, which I really like every single day when you're posting online, you are facing your fears and overcoming them, which is really powerful. So nobody, doesn't matter how many followers you have or how long you've been doing this. Nobody feels comfortable posting. There's always that little voice in your head that's like, is anyone going to actually care? Um, and then what if no one engages with yeah. this? Like, am I a horrible person? <laughs> Which is crazy, but we think that way. Um, so the way that the answer, this is what helps me. And I hope this helps you. I don't know why my feed is absolutely controlled by... 18 to 25 year old, mostly men for some reason, um, that have absolutely no life experience. Um, not the smartest bunch and, uh, posting only obvious content. They never go beyond, you know, what, what chat GPT could tell you when you're like, how do I say this? And that's it. And these people are the most confident seeming because I don't know if they're actually confident in real life, but they are super confident seeming. Um, and they are making money selling essentially fluff. Um, and so it's like a blessing and a curse that I see them all the time because it drives me crazy. And I'm like, why is my feed full of this? And at the same time, it's kind of like a nice reminder. If these people are out there saying this, like, of course I have something to share. Of course people should hear from me because I actually know what I'm talking about where we struggle. People that have tons of intelligence and experience and wisdom is that, Um, like I said, we forget that people actually need to hear what we knew 10 years ago, like where we started as well as what we know now. Um, so, but, but also the, the way that the platform helps is when you're building a personal platform, as opposed to a brand, you are your, you are your unique differentiator. Nobody else in the world is you. So whatever your opinion is on something, it's not exactly someone else's. So when you build your opinion into your arguments, um, it's going to be unique no matter what. You said, I think you said the two, t- the two things that you hear the most, one is, you know, the imposter syndrome that we all struggle with. And then the other is time. Like, how do you get this done? I, um, I, I for sure have fallen into that. I would love to kind of get, get you to break that down a little bit selfishly. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, it's going to take more time than you want it to at first while you're getting used to it. Um, because yeah. I've had people come to me that have like masters in writing and they're like, help, I don't know how to write for social media or I don't know how to write my newsletter. It's it's just a different type of writing. It's um, it's really short. It's more copywriting than content writing. 
shorter sentences, simpler words, um, and obviously you have less space. So it's just shorter in general. Um, And that can actually take longer than people that are used to writing long form. I really struggled at first because I'm a long form writer. Usually I write something that's 2000 words plus. Um, So sitting down to write like 500, 300 words on LinkedIn was was weird. Um, So it's going to just take some time. But um, let me ask you this. Are you... Do you feel like you're struggling more with getting ideas or turning your ideas into actual? I'd say the I'd say the latter. For yeah, like I got a lot. I mean, I, one of the curses I have is that I uh, I get in my head a lot. Like I do a lot <laughs> of thinking, and but I, I'm not always as. It takes me a long time to ex- express it in words or visually or what have you. Like this is why I love the podcast because, you know, it's just organic and free flows. It's just easy. It's just I don't know. There's like. You're not confined. You're not confined to 300 words. If it's an hour, great. If it's 20 minutes, fine too. But I do, yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely struggle, struggle with that. And, you know, and the other piece of it is like, I struggle with uh, confidence. Like, am I putting something out? Like you said it earlier, that's actually valuable that people will find of use. You know, and that's just something that I always struggle with. Yeah. Well, um, again, this is something I'm I'm working on now because I always ex- explain to people that I have no system. I just I just write from you know shoot from the hip and I'm, it takes me no time and then I write. And then I was reflecting and I realized like holy shit! I actually of course I have so many systems they're just yeah, in right. my head. I haven't yeah. documented them because I yeah. do this all the time. So I'm actually working on documenting a lot of this now. Oh, that's um, cool. So hopefully soon I'll have something I can just send you. Um, but systematizing it really helps so are you familiar with writing frameworks because i use those all uh, the time i mean I, I i the term but i don't necessarily know what would go and go into it for sure so i there's a difference between templates and frameworks um i talk about this all the time in public i hate templates and something that these like 18 to 25 year old boys love to sell are templates um they find you know the the creators that remind them of them and they copy paste their top hooks and like you know sell them as templates um i don't recommend doing that because it's really hard to differentiate if you're copying someone else's work verbatim but frameworks are really useful because they actually like help you structure your words in a way that's going to keep people hooked engaged um and, and interested in your whole post so um my favorite one is called scqa situation challenge question answer um there's another one called PAS, Problem Agitate Solution. There's um, HTAS, Hook Thesis, Antithesis, Synthesis. And they're all uh, essentially the same. But when you start with your page, instead of having a blank page, actually have the letters written out, it's so much faster because you just start like, hey, here's my idea. Like, what's the situation here? What's the context? Um, what's the challenge that then people face related to this situation? Uh, what's a question that I can ask or a statement that I can make that's going to like be powerful and, and, and give my point of view? And then what's the answer in my opinion? Um, and when you put things in these frameworks, you're not staring at the blank page going, how do I phrase this? Like, where, what should I start with? What should, you know, where's this going to mm-hmm. go? Um, it's just kind of done for you. So um, I do have, I do have tons of content on this that I've written um, that I can certainly share and you can add it to your show notes if you yeah. want um no. but there's, there's hook frameworks there's 
body frameworks. There's different types of posts. I've got I've got it all. And once you learn those, it just gets so much faster. So yeah, I would say systematize. Yeah, I love that advice. And I love the idea of a framework that just kind of be like, get over yourself. This is what you need to do, right? Like that, that's, that's kind of what I, I need, the kick in the pants that I need for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like, I always love to look at examples of people who are doing it well like obviously yourself is you know you're an example Casey's an example but is there anybody that you two look to that you're like ah those you know that person or set of people have nailed yeah um have you heard of Amanda Nativi oh sure she shorts with Rand Fishkin right yeah she's the VP of marketing at SparkToro she was my like idol when I first started um uh I didn't tell her that for a while but I have told (laughs) her that now (laughs) I'm okay to say that in public um, she is yeah. brilliant. She, she does, she does the frameworks brilliantly. I always use her as an example of someone who does the frameworks really well. Um, she mixes personality with helpful content all the time. She's very opinionated. She's definitely a thought leader. Um, so she's a great example. Um, there's Rob Lennon. Do you know him? He's like mm-hmm. the AI. He's, um, he started out as kind of like a prompt engineer with ChatGPT and he's, he's evolved, um, way beyond the ChatGPT bros into someone that's thinking about like humans and AI and how to, if you're a leader, especially a leader at a, at a big organization, like how to not be scared of AI and how to use it, um, to your advantage. So he just created a course like that. And he... Um, he and I actually became friends on Twitter because he was just writing joke comments on all of my posts and he was making me laugh every day. Um, and so we became friends. Um, but he's brilliant and someone worth following. He does it very, very well. Um, and then there's Caitlin Borgoyne. I never know how to pronounce her name. She runs, um, the why we buy newsletter. I think it's got almost 60,000 readers. Uh, she's huge and she's a, a master of buyer psychology but besides her knowledge the way that she packages it and the way that she mixes her personality with her content as well is really smart so i'd follow those three that's great and and you know i'm curious about your backstory too because like before we started you were saying that your kind of your career kind of zigzagged to get to where you you were like talk about that how how did a, a career that had a lot of zigs and a lot of zags lead you to talking about platforms um, so I've, I've always loved writing and I've also always hated conforming to societal standards and what's expected of yeah. me. So I guess I was always going to end up here, yes. yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, no, no, very random path. Uh, after college, I became the catering director of a fast food chain in Boston called I love Be Good, by the way. Um, I lived in Boston for a long time. Yeah. I thought it was great. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I was in Boston for 10 years. Be Good was great. Um, I needed money, so I was a delivery driver for them while I was looking for a quote-unquote real job. And one of the owners was like, do you have a college degree? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, great, you're my new catering director. That's awesome. There was no interview process at all. So I I, I literally fell into a leadership role at 22 with no uh, place being there. But that was really cool because I was managing people um, and learning on the go how to do that. And I was there for four years, and then I transitioned to a technical project manager at Level Up. Are you familiar with I, them? The rewards yeah, app? Yeah, I'm totally. Not sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they got acquired by by Grubhub. Um, but that was cool because that was like the, the most corporate-y thing I've ever done. Um, but I say that with a grain of salt because the CEO was 
younger than me and I was 26 and he like didn't wear shoes and he was a Princeton dropout and only ever wore orange. So that oh, was an interesting the, office environment. Yeah. Um, and then I had my quarter life crisis and went to teach English in Thailand uh, when I was 27. And that's where I sort of fell back in love with the English language and editing and writing and thinking about words. Um, and thought maybe I'll be a teacher. Maybe I'll be an English teacher. Maybe that's my, my goal. Um, but I fell in love with traveling. So there was no way I was going to come back to the States and be a teacher. And that's where I fell into working for VIP Kid as a teacher um, while I was in Thailand and then becoming a freelancer. And from there, I became a managing editor at a content marketing agency, promoted to head of content um, because I learned a lot on the job, loved it, was good at it, already had the managing people skills. So that was easy for me. And um, then I got uh, dared to uh, challenge, is a better word, to start a personal brand in 2021. And um, I love a good challenge. So I I started it and I, I fell in love with the process. And then I met Casey, fell in love with her as a friend um, and decided that there were A, too many men in the space. There needed to be like a power women, woman duo. And uh, B, there weren't enough people with actual experience teaching this stuff. So that led you, that, that led you to power your platform. That led us to power your platform. What, yeah. What's it? You know, how's it been starting a business? I'm curious. Um, I'm experiencing what Casey says is very normal. It is within a 24 hour period, extreme, um, elation mixed with extreme doom. Um, <laughs> and yeah. it is, it is, they are both kind of ever present. <laughs> um, I'm ex so excited to, for what we're building and I want the world to feel as excited as I am, um, but I don't have much patience in general. So, like, I'm like, come on, hurry right. up! You know, like everyone know about this <laughs> right. already. That's a bit right. difficult. Um, but no, I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely loving the process. We don't have any, you know, any employees or anything yet. It's just us. But um, making content and and sharing thought leading ideas with the world is absolutely driving me to get up every day and i've never been more excited to sit down and just start start working so it's been very what does cool. a sunday night feel like to you now um yeah a bit of, bit of what i what i was just yeah. explaining i'm super excited for monday holy shit you know why is everything that i have to do tomorrow not right. done yet why did i do yeah, it right, last week right right uh brennan is that how you feel no, well, it's funny. Oh, highs and lows, Erica, every day. And and yeah. it's, um, I think the one thing I've enjoyed is that they're mine versus yeah. being like, okay, I didn't get something done. I mean, but they're mine at least. So that's been really rewarding. Um, but it's, it's a bit crazy. Yeah. It's, uh, but it's also empowering too. It's nice right. to, that I, oh, I yeah. it's me. So if I screw up, I screw up. Um, so I don't have to. I love answering to myself. Yeah. It's it amazing. Um, some days I'm I'm the best, <laughs> and some days I I let myself down, and that's yeah. okay. Now are you are you still working <laughs> at the agency? Um, yes, but we've had some honest conversations about the fact that I'm you know not going to be yeah. there forever. So 
Um, the owner of the agency, Tom Watley, is probably the nicest person I've ever awesome. met and yeah. one of the best leaders I've, I've ever worked yeah. for. Um, and his philosophy is that you, when people come to you, you want them to leave better than and... they came and you never want to make them feel like they have to stay. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, I've been there for four and a half years and, uh, yeah, he knows, he knows everything I'm doing and, and that, you know, I've got, I've got a path towards this. So yeah, that's exciting. It's exciting to have clarity, right? The most exciting. Yeah. It was, it was stressful when Casey and I were trying to figure out, you know, what's, what's our business going to be? What's it going to look like? Um, and we're still figuring some of that out. We've hired a, um, a course coach, um, this guy Virgil yeah. Brewster, and he is, he is like a wizard. Um, just, he's just, he's checking our instincts and he's like, don't do that. Do, do this instead. You know, cause Casey and I are, we want to like over deliver on value and everything we do. And we're, we're slowing ourselves down. And he's like, just stop worrying about those details. Focus on this. You know, you need to go to market with this, then yeah. you'll work on that. Right. So it's a lot, he's helping us a lot with, you know, priorities, um, which I think Casey and I both, we, we struggle a little bit with. We have so many ideas, you know, focusing on, on the most important ones yeah. right now. What I love about your business too is, <clears throat> I mean, the potential reach, right? Like what you're doing is relevant to just millions and millions and millions of people. Yeah. Like you could have, you could have really big impact and that, that must feel good. Feels amazing. And that's the goal too. Like we want to make a lot of money, like, like any business owner does, but what, what we care about more than anything is helping people achieve, not just transactional um, let me say that differently. Helping people go from transactional to transformational um, outcomes. So, transactional outcomes are important, but the transformational ones are the ones that Casey and I kind of yeah. wait for. And um, when people do the the personal platform thing well, I mean, the opportunities are are endless. It's really relationship building at scale, and it's exciting to see people's eyes kind of like light up when we get them on the right path and then check in with them later. And they've had all these amazing outcomes. It's just, it's fantastic. You know, I, I had a couple questions before we wrap. And, and one of them being like, I, I imagine somebody's listening to this and be like, um, you know, you're speaking my language. Like, I know I need to do something, but I don't even know where to begin. Like just simple first steps. Like what would you instruct somebody? How would you help them? Yeah. So it's funny. We had a consulting call this morning and I kind of went through this with someone. Um, she's been, in doing her thing for 20 years um she's 50 plus you know she's older she's got experience she's sick of seeing all these people you know giving stupid tips online she, she can actually yeah. help people um and so she kind of hung out on linkedin for three months and just like watched which i think that a little bit long but i would definitely say get familiar with you know the platform a little bit um and then she just started posting kind of anything that was coming to mind um, and she gave herself a limit of three weeks on that. And I think that's really smart because just hitting post um, helps you get over your fear. You know, it doesn't you, then it takes the pressure off of, oh, I have to make the most perfect post. You don't have that many followers. You don't have that many right. connections if you're starting from scratch. Um, so just kind of get used to hitting posts. It doesn't matter if it sucks. That's fine. But what I warn people about is don't stay in that land for, you know, months on end or years on end because when you actually decide to do this with intention, it's going to be hard to change your mindset to like, okay, now I have to put something valuable when, you know, you've got, you've got this checklist and you just tick it off each day and now you've, it takes more time and you're like, oh, I just want to tick off this, this check mark. So mm -hmm. um, do it for like a month at most and then start posting with intention. 
Um, and so what she's done so far is share just kind of anecdotal stories about herself and like, you know, how she's helped people, but it hasn't been very strategic. So I rewrote one of her posts this morning and I said, you know, look, this is how you change, like I said before, from the I to the you post. This is how you can take your credibility and put your name tag on. So you need to enter the name tag phase. Phase. Who are you? Who do you help? Who do you serve? Why are you someone that people mm-hmm. should follow? Start with that content. Do that for two months. Um, you can sprinkle personality, personal stories in maybe once a week, but really focus on providing value. That's mm-hmm. what I did. I taught people how to write for my first few months, and that's all I did. Um, these are the biggest mistakes that I see writers make. Um, I'm an editor, and this is the most common feedback I give, like, get ahead of this. Um, and you would think that that was only going to attract freelance writers, but it actually got the attention of tons of people that tried to then poach me, you know, or tried to work with me because they're like, who's this person that has all this knowledge? Um, So again, with like the quote unquote obvious content, it's going to work for you in more ways than you can imagine. Um, As you start to develop this body of work, that's when you then can start being more contrarian and more of a thought leader. Like, hey, you know, I've got your attention. I've proven myself. You know who I am. Now let me comment on this trend because actually I totally disagree with it and here's why. Um, People aren't going to really care about you being contrarian until they care about you in general. Interesting. I love that. So, yeah, think of it, think of it like, you know, going on dates with people. You're not going to reveal it all at once. You're not going to tell, I mean, if you're, if you're good at dating, (laughs) you're not going to tell someone, you know, uh, you're not going to tell them your whole book story and date one, hopefully, whole book idea. Um, you know, you're going to ease into it. So ease into it. Um, and then when you've got people's attention, you've developed some fans, some followers, then, you know, start showing more of who you are. Hey, so last question uh, for me. You know, we love to end on this note. Like, you, so you've walked us through you know, what you're doing now, how you got to that place. Like, if you had an opportunity to do it all over again, like hit reset, I'm going to start all over. Would you take the same path that you took, you know, from... Boston to Thailand to New York, or would you uh, take a different path? It's a hard question because I'm happy where I am. I don't know if I'd be I, here if it weren't I, for all of that. Plus, I met my wife in Thailand, so huh? um, I would definitely want right. to go there. Love right. that country. I think I would probably, if I could go back and do it again, I probably would have left um, each job I had maybe like a year or two earlier. Um, I stayed in things for a while. I was in the catering job for four years. Um, I was in the the technical project manager job for two and a half years, taught English for two years. You know, I, I and I knew in at each of those stages, this isn't where I want to where I want to end up. Um, not like the traditional career necessarily really matters anymore, but I guess I was raised to think maybe I should find the career for me, and I knew that that wasn't it. Um, but I stayed out of kind of this feeling of, well, what will they do without me? Um, and I definitely prioritized the companies over me. So I'd probably leave a bit sooner, maybe go traveling a bit younger. Um, and then, yeah, I could have been a millionaire by now if I started five years ago. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> well, there's the big one. But Yeah, exactly. The big final question, Erica, is where can people learn more about you? Where do you want to send them? I want you guys to all subscribe to my newsletter. That's the push right now. So um, it's poweryourplatform.card.co, but card is spelled kind of weird. 
So just go, just go to my my Twitter. It's at Erica's my name, E R I C A S, my name, um, and it's the link in my profile. That's the easiest That's awesome. way. Well, Erica Schneider, thank you yeah. for walking us through your journey. And I don't know, I don't know if this kind of turned into a consulting car call <laughs> and if we owe you some money, but just let <laughs> us know. But this has been absolutely fantastic. Yes. Thank Thanks, you, Erica. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Leadership Backstory. Make sure to subscribe from your favorite podcast player and leave us a review if you like what you hear. We appreciate you sharing your feedback with other listeners. Peter Barron and Brendan Schneider host the Leadership Backstory. Catch you on the next episode.